This is Rugger Matrix America. Reminding you to check out what I have to say and what's going on with me at Twitter on at Golf on Rugby. That's on Twitter. Uh, we have a, a great show coming up for you right now. A show sponsored to you by Irish Rugby Tours. And that is an interview with Salty Thompson from the High School All-Americans. And Salty, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Alex. Uh, um, happy to be here. Excellent. Well, you know, you're a pretty busy guy. Because you've got uh, you know a, a variety of coaching roles with um, the Eagle Impact Academy, you help with uh, uh, Arizona State, uh, you help w- uh, with Tempe Rugby Club, but of course the High School All Americans is is your big job, um, and and I wanted to check in with you about that uh, because here we are in May, but you've really had a pretty full season already. Like the first half of the year is pretty full season. Yeah. Um, so so. First of all, let's have a look at back at at how that went for you. You started off with the uh, well, with the end of year camp, moving on into the sevens at the LVI. Yeah, the um, I mean the the, the two thousand and fourteen cycle um, really started with the December two thousand thirteen um, camp following Christmas. So December twenty sixth through the thirty first. We were based at Arizona State University. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm not assisting Gary Lane this year. I've just oh. been too busy with everything. But um, you know, so uh, all credit to Gary. I've I've not been I've, I've no hand in his success. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So following that camp where we had 120 uh, boys ranging from ninth grade through 12th grade in camp. We then quickly went into the 2014 High School American Cycle with the Las Vegas Sevens, which uh, this year came up uh, three weeks after camp in January. And um, we uh, did well there. We took two teams, 24 boys, um, finished up winning it and finished third. And the boys had the opportunity to win in the uh, stadium and and beat uh, BC um, in the final, so that was exciting. Yeah, and, uh, and then we followed. It up. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, fans can go on uh, Rugby Mag's YouTube channel and they can find that game uh, is actually uh, in its entirety is on YouTube, and it's a pretty exciting game to see the final. But but as you said, not only did the the first team win it. But your second team wins the plate, finishes third, uh, and and really plays extremely well. That's impressive. Yeah, the the, um, the, the second team lost to BC one by one point. Um, they later took a loss following that. Um, I think it was to Ontario, but then they bounced back with good performances against teams such as Atlantis. So it was, um, you know, it's. It's a tournament which is really composed of four Canadian sides and four American sides in the top division. So it's uh, you know it's been a, a good rivalry between Shane Thompson's BC uh, boys and um, Ontario has been really improving dramatically. So uh, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, 
No, it certainly doesn't. And and I, I think you guys uh, surprised the, the Canadians a little bit. Um, I mean, they didn't seem to be too too excited about losing some of those games. Um, what were you trying to accomplish, though, in that tournament? Is Was it all about winning the tournament, or are you looking more in terms of developing sevens in these young elite players? Well, you know, we, we started um, um, the sevens program as part of the overall high school American program three years ago. And um, in, in, the, in the whole philosophy is that we're offering sevens as part of that youth development pathway and um and to give them and give our players you know an experience of the sevens game um not as a specialty but just as an extension of the full game of 15th i mean we really don't devote a tremendous amount of time to it uh in in winter camp we spend one afternoon basically playing games to sevens games uh just to get a a feel for the talent that we have. And then in Vegas, we came in and we had five practices before we launched into the tournament. So we we purposely don't specialize or divide um, the players between 15s and 7s. We think that'll take its natural course as players mature post-high school. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, but you, yeah. you, you sort of, you, you sow the seed a little bit. Um, and I, and I remember when you first had that, uh, your first sevens team there. And I remember you, um, it was actually David Fee coming in and saying, he got a, there's this kid, Jack McAuliffe. He is a, a terrific sevens player. And of course we got to see McAuliffe go and continue to play sevens at Navy as well as 15. Yes. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, he got his start as a high school from Gonzaga, playing sevens with the high school All-Americans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, Brad and Zach were joking with me saying, well, why didn't we have this in our day? But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, thanks to the sponsorship of Aircraft Charter Solutions and, and Robin Reed, we've been able to expand our offerings. And, uh, and sevens is uh, two of our, uh, of our four uh, offerings, really. Good. So it's, Good. it's important. Uh, you followed that on with Roslyn Park, which again was the sevens tournament. Yes. Um, yeah, that that came up in in March, and uh, this this was our third appearance at Roslyn Park. Now, do you do you end up having the same players in each group from from Vegas to Roslyn Park? It's got to be hard to do. No, um, Roslyn Park has a different age requirement. Um, the uh, They've got to be high school players, and all our players are high school players. Um, however, um, the September 1st is a cutoff date uh, for the Rossland Park tournament, which ruled out some first-team players that played in um, Las Vegas. For instance, Wes Parker from Kentucky was born in August 20th, I believe. So he was, what, 10 or 11 days too old for the September 1st cutoff. And um, that ruled out, a, you know, a couple of really key players. And uh, we actually ended up with a sort of A-B combination team at Rossland Park. And, um, you know, we lost, um, you know, some key boys. So, uh, 
but it, you know, it, it is we as we know, Alex. It's all about the development of the boys, and um, and um, we ended up with a uh, two one and one record at Rossland Park. Um, we didn't win our pool, which was the first time in our three years. So we did not um, go through to day two because it's a pretty tough competition with 105 to 110 teams. Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, yeah. Was that was that disappointing for you? I mean, is that the right word to use? Disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would I would say so. I mean, we're um, I mean, de- development is is not necessarily by winning, but winning makes it um, sweeter. And uh, and the boys and and co- as coaches, we're we're instinctively uh, um, competitive, and we want to do well and. And we obviously a measure of that success is winning, and um, winning makes it makes it uh, fun. I mean, not that we didn't have fun or we didn't develop, but uh, I mean, we we tied Sherborne, who won the division. Uh, we were a good school. We lost to Gwent College from Wales, and we we tend to struggle with Welsh teams, but uh, for good reason. I mean. Um, we actually met ISIS from LA in game one, which was uh, an odd combination odd. since yeah. here's the two of us. Um, but it was a, it was a good comp- good game and there was good camaraderie between the boys following. So um, it was a good experience. I mean, we sort of turned into tourists in day two, which is what I didn't want to do in London, yeah. but um, um, uh, that's it. You've got to win to move on to day two and, um, we just uh, just losing that one game uh, meant that we uh, lost that competitive pool. Yep, difficult, very difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so you you come back from that and and the next thing uh, on your agenda was a tour to Portugal. Now this is a funny one, and I, I, you know I'll teach you a little bit about it in, in that you kept yeah. so quiet about it. We didn't really report on it because I think you were. It, it was almost like you were protecting the the kids a little bit because it really seemed smacked of a development tour. Well, it, it is. I mean, I, I, I probably would have been uh, creating a bit more fuss about it if we if we had flattering score lines, but we didn't. <laughs> I mean, we 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 lost to Portugal and and we lost to France and and in in we're sort of trailblazing a new. Um, pathway for our under 17s. It's our introduction to international rugby. We've gone to Wellington College and the Wellington Festival for the two previous years. Um, but uh, quite honestly, we uh, ourselves, along with Netherlands and Belgium and those tier two nations, were um, ceremoniously dumped out of the Wellington Festival um, because the RFU wanted to upgrade it to more of a six nations type flavor. And uh, we find ourselves uh, looking for worthy opponents. And um, I got to say that um, we reached out to Portugal and they were uh, delighted. Um, We could have had Spain, but we didn't give them enough notice. Italy did ask us, uh, did get back to us later, but we ended up um, probably biting off more than we could chew with with France under 17s. But um, I got to say that the reception that we received from both the Portuguese RFU and, and the French RFU was exceptional. Um, 
both in the leading up to the games. Um, the boys got the opportunity to mix together. Um, we've talked about future tours. We've talked about combined training sessions. Um, there was really a feel of development around all those nations. So that we had a, it was as much um, a, a learning experience for the coaches and for me and as it was for the players. So um, it, it was really, really beneficial. Excellent. Uh, it, it, it's a tough thing to try on any tour to sit there. And, and, and I, I'm going to bring in our uh, um, our sponsor here, Irish Rugby Tours, because that's it's kind of a, a big part of what they do is to talk very carefully with a touring team and say, what's your level of competition? What kind of games do you yes. want? Are you social? Are you competitive? Yeah. Things like that. Because ideally what you want is to go there, you know, play three games, maybe go two and one and win those two games by four points. Um, yes. and, and, but it's really, really tough. And then sometimes, and I know you, you've gone to, you've, you've taken age grade teams and, and you've sounded the most disappointed, I think, is when you play a game that you win by about 60, because then you didn't get really anything out of, you know, you feel you didn't get anything out of that. Whereas if you played a game that you won or it's close, you're tied, or even if you lost it by a significant amount, at least there's a learning thing there. Yeah. I most definitely I mean, part of, um, in my first year with high school Americans, we um, we toured South Africa, and um, one of the games was in Durban against the KwaZulu Natal uh, developmental team. Now we won that by um, sixty to seventy points, and um, and and that was very flattering, but it was it, it did not really do much for for our development. Um, I mean, but then again, I did say to the French. I mean, we lost fifty-four to nothing, and and we and we probably turned down about twelve points that we could have kicked. But it, right. I think it was more important that we took scrums or we kicked for lineouts and we tried to play some positive rugby. But um, I did say to the French, did they gain much from the experience? I mean, was it worth their while? And the French felt like it was really prepping them for their upcoming games. They went. They followed up with a game with Italy following us, and I think um, some points, some solid points on Italy. So um, it, it was, um, I think they saw some benefit in it, and as, in, as indeed did have Argentina uh, when we've gone down there for the last couple of summers. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that conversation for a few moments. But, uh, you know, coming out of the tour, you, you want to look at who, real, who really rose to the challenge. Uh, who do we see as potential continuing future high school Americans and, and maybe even potential Eagles? It's it's hard to say when you look back over the years, you know, who emerged as U-17s that, that, you know, came into the Eagle program. And probably Cam Dolan would be one of the top guys that would come to that list over the years. That right. uh, Sean O'Leary had taken the Millfield and Seamus Kelly and, and from those years, and that's, that was the last time that the USA played Portugal was at Millfield. So it has its, um, you know, it, it really has its value. And of course we're late to get into the international scene since everybody else really starts at under 16. Well, that's true. And, and so it, it's, you are developing, always developing uh, players and, and giving them that, that kind of uh, experience, um, that, yes. that international experience. And, and, and I guess, you know, what, what you've you've said that 
you can bring to the table is physicality and perhaps of what an opponent um, likes. Even even an opponent that wins a game knows that they're going to be in a game against an American yeah. team. Would that be fair to say that they they at least hit pretty hard? Well, oh yeah, well we do. I mean, we have a tendency to hit each other hard in practice as well at times, you know. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, we came out of this tour with four injuries and um, to four backs, and yet on the tour to Argentina, we we didn't even make one hospital visit, and um, and that was a very demanding tour. So, so some of it's luck of the draw, but we are physical. I I think we, you know, we like it. we like to be. Um, we like to tackle. We, we we love that component of the game, and uh, I think we can be good at it. I think there's so many things that we we like. It's just a question mark. I think we find out in this tour that we're coming in with a lot of technical needs, but also a real severe lack of tactical understanding. Mm. If that makes sense. Yes. So that we we go in, we have to play a very basic uh, bread and butter attack patterns, for example, because if we get any more sophisticated, we were just overwhelming the boys. Um, because in some of the top programs, some of these boys are JV players uh, because they're still not, you know, they're 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 sophomores uh, or they're juniors and. And in some of our top programs, they may be considered um, the real youngsters. Um, right. So, so we we have a we, we have a lot to gain, a lot to to learn, and and I I would most definitely say I think the boys could say they came back better rugby players for the experience. Now you talk about better rugby players. Uh, this is something that's been brought up. Uh, on occasion, and in fact, Billy Millard mentioned it in in our last show, was yeah. the the struggle players have with with uh, basic skills, producing basic skills, yes. executing basic skills. Um, would you agree with that? And 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 when we say basic skills, what what does that mean to you? Well, take the symbol catch and pass. I mean, it's such a fundamental skill. Um, and the real test of, of of any of these core skills, tackling, um, uh, kicking, um, you know, catching a ball, you know, a high ball, you know, all, all of those simple things, um, you know, you could say are evasive, evasive running core. Yes, lines of running. But let's take our catch and pass. Um, many of our top young players no different than our top senior players, tend to focus in on the things they do well, um, and you can't blame them. So let's say you've got a number eight in, in a high school team that uh, picks up runs, runs very well, uh, has great go-forwards, very physical. Um, that's the sort of style of game that probably got noticed in the first place. Now, can he catch and pass? Can he pass off his left hand? Can he do those skills under pressure? Um, that's, you know, the real test. Um, so ultimately, we tend to fail in our basic skills. Let's say we create an overlap. Um, how many times have we seen that final pass, you know, uh, be, an, be inaccurate? You know, it just doesn't go to the target area. 
was there you know an inappropriate follow through in the pass i mean our our players can our players can catch and pass but can they do do it consistently at a high level and can they do it uh, in a very fast paced pressured game um so that that's the challenge it is pretty infuriating to see players good players high high level highly respected players uh fail to execute an odd man rush, and mm-hmm. and we see it a lot. We see it a, a, a lot. So I I, I guess um, is is that a skill? Is that I mean is I guess decision making is a skill. So well, you know, I mean, yes, decision making. I mean, what you know, there's simple choices in rugby, isn't there? I mean, you either catch, pass, or run, don't you? And um, yeah. and 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 the kicking option is, is probably not desired for. For a lot of tight five boys, but um, but the set, so it's either pass or run. And, and then when we're coming into the contact area, um, you know, do you um, how do you go to ground? Um, you know, when do you go to ground? Uh, when to clean out? When to park over the ball versus clean an opponent out? I mean, uh, defensively, uh, whether to commit to kind of rock or guard, um, whether to concede. You know, I mean. There's so much that, you know, this is a challenge of rugby. I mean, it's there's so much happening in a hurry that it needs a frame of reference. It needs time and, and needs a level of competition and a level of coaching and a level of experience to really raise your game. You have to be in that situation many, many times to read it and assess it and respond correctly. Yeah, but I mean, uh, we're, we're chatting with, with Alex Magleby and, and uh, Billy, and, and, and there's, there's going to be a lot of conversations about, you know, how to, how to put metrics, how to measure um, decision-making, how to measure our, our technical skills so that we have a, a battery of tests. I mean, we know how to fitness test. You know, we yo-yo and we can right. time 40 meters or 10 meters so we know and we can see what a a player can lift and so we can measure strength and 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 conditioning and and so forth but can we measure skill execution you know executing a 2v1 um with soft opposition at a controlled pace should be what we'd say 90 percent or more right um but can you do it with you know, at pace and under pressure. So um, there's lots of areas where I think it's exciting right now because I think with, with Billy's appointment and with Alex and, and looking at the big picture and looking at development down the road, not just the current, which the national team coaches will deal with, um, we're looking at, at, you know, building a a better program that will create – um, better eagles as we move forward, and, and perhaps even younger eagles as we move forward. Well, that that's a very good point. We, we're here on uh, Rugged Matrix America. This is Alex Goff with Salty Thompson for the High School All Americans, and uh, we're uh, sponsored by Irish Rugby Tours. And uh, just to remind you that if you want to uh, test yourself, test your team, or or just shake things up a little bit, don't forget that uh, a, a tour overseas. Is a wonderful way for team bonding, but also getting you be better at rugby. And we've certainly seen the national team do that. And 
And Salty, you, we, we've been talking about the high schoolers, but as you just uh, alluded to, the, the senior national team, uh, I, I don't know if they're pro- getting progressively younger, but certainly we've got a wonderful example in T.T. Lamasatelli, who is, went straight from the high school All-Americans into getting a cap in the same calendar year. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we are we seeing more players um, who can push to be at 19, 20, that kind of age group to be on the national team? Maybe maybe it's a little easier in seven. Stephen Thomasine is is somebody who's done that as a youngster. Um, will, will we see more, or 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 is it still you know is, is TT a special case? Well, he's a fairly unique um, athlete um, in in the sense that, you know, he was spotted early in that health. Um, Sir Richard Hills, formerly of Saracens, um, had an eye for him and had an eye for more than, than him, including guys like um, uh, Kalepi uh, um, uh, Safita from, from Tempe that's going to play Division One football. But... Um, so there were some eyes on our under-17s a couple of years ago. So um, Saracen started expressing interest in him back in 2012, and um, and we're very keen to see that. And, and we I do get requests from the Premiership uh, to watch our game film. So there's uh, it's certainly noticeable now that that. Um, not that we're in England at Wellington anymore, but certainly uh, clubs like Gloucester with Simon Lane and the Academy and Wasps and Saracens are expressing real sincere interest in our youth. So they see potential in our youth. And um, quite frankly, if if once Saracens tested TT, which is during Rossland Park in 2013, uh, they were massively impressed with him and um, wanted wanted them as soon as we could cap him. So um, there is interest, and um, I'm hoping he's just he's not the exception that he becomes more. It's a trickle, and then it will grow into some substantial pathway uh, for young boys to uh, to go into ultimately professional rugby as an option. Do you talk to, to players about that? What do, what do you um, tell them? Yes, I mean, I, I you know I you know I coached high schools for twenty five years, and, and every kid in high school dreams about playing in the NBA and the NFL and 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 um, and college sports, and we know statistically how difficult that is. Um, do our young rugby players see it as a real? Avenue. I think I think most don't consider it as a legit possibility, but it is it is going to be there for that small group. And Honko Hermesis, uh, that's been with the U twenties, um, that's still in high school. That was born in ninety seven, um, or sorry, ninety six, because he was a young U twenty this year. Right. Um, he will go to Gloucester. Academy um, this next year. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, and and we we want to see more. Um, you know, it, I do you. Uh, is there a difference between some of the professional clubs in terms of how they work with young players? Are some better than others? 
Yeah, there's no question. I, I, I think that some um, are noted for um, they want the finished product um, at 18. Uh, they feel like um, they don't want to waste their time necessarily developing a player. They may not have the patience that some academies would have uh, in terms of nurturing. So obviously trying to create um, the best environments for our boys, because our boys do need time. Um, they, they don't, they're not groomed from the age of 14 into a professional um, pathway that by the time they're 18, they're, you know, they're all, they're ready for the premiership. We we're even if we fast track our boys, I think we're, I mean, if you call you would call a young Eagle somebody somewhere and somebody in the region of a 22 year old, right. Yeah. As opposed to, um, a guy that might break into the premiership or super rugby at 18 or 19. I mean, I was watching, um, uh, super rugby last night and I noticed that the, um, the U20 captains from New Zealand was, was starting for, for one of the teams. I mean, so, you know, we, we know it's commonplace elsewhere to start and, and be a professional day team, but it's going to take our boys longer. What's next for you? You know, you, you've been doing the summer tour. So what, what's up for the summer for the uh, high school All-Americans? And do you, do you have a, a, a camp selection system going into that? Or, or are you more uh, scouting out the, the NIT and the all-star tournaments? Well, we would get a massive amount of scouting coming up here with a national tournament coming up in Tational and uh and then June is with a major uh, regional all star tournaments. Um so you know, we're into that season of 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 recruitment. Um I mean if a player jumps out of us uh out of uh us as selectors um that is really ready to move on and, and represent right now we're we're gonna we're gonna look at that player. Um we don't have the luxury of having a camp prior to going to Argentina, which will be the July tenth through the twenty ninth tour. We'll assemble in, in Dallas for a day and a half before we depart and um we have a uh four game um uh schedule in Argentina where we start with uh Cordova Academy and then we play Argentina under 18s we play Italy under 18s and we finish with Uruguay under 18 so that's it's quite a demanding tour and um we get the luxury of playing Italy in Argentina so that's, that's nice so they're first. just they're just touring at the same time well it's been or, sort of um formulating into a sort of mini tournament and that idea has been there and um even though we'll play some under 19 players uh, with our under 18s, um, they're all in high school. Well, for the most part, um, but you do occasionally have an under 19 or an under 18 that's actually out of high school. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, this tournament—it's um, it, taken a tournament format um, with with the four nations: with Argentina, USA. Uh, Italy and Uruguay, and then uh, Cordova Academy would be a considered a warm-up game, even Excellent. though it's by no means an easy uh, warm-up. Well, that's right. I, I think you beat Cordova Academy last time, but it, it was like 25-15. They yeah, were... I think we split with them because we, we played okay. everybody in, in two games. Um, we, we, we played Uruguay and split with them a couple of years ago. Um, 
And then obviously our under 20s played them recently, and, and some of our boys uh, noticed some familiar faces across the field. So good. It, it's uh, um, it's it's going to be a challenging tour, but um, I mean that that's what it should be. Excellent. Um, so this this is partly a response to uh, the the Wellington tournament kind of changing changing their tune really on on what they wanted. Well, that, that's that's where the Portugal, Portugal and France tour mm-hmm. came okay. from, and uh, I think we sort of um, um, felt you know a little bit slighted, but then actually came up with with a very good alternative. But 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 some of the legit problems that Wellington had with us was that we were under 17s going in and playing under 16s, ah, and um, and and that had an impact where where we were doing some, you know, some damage to under 16s um, because our under 17 boys have really good size. And um, and I think, uh, for example, Scotland Rugby Union would refuse to play us a year older. Um, they just thought it was, a, you know, too much of a size disadvantage. Understandable. Okay. So uh, this this summer tour... Um, this has really become. I mean, it, it's very, very intense, and each year you 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 packed a lot of games into it. Um, uh, the organization has got to be crazy. Um, mm-hmm. You know how, how you know who who helps you with that? Who helps you with uh, just getting it all put together and finding the players and making sure the money's um, there? And... Well, you know, obviously Robin Reed is is with um, you know as our sponsor with Aircraft Charge Solutions is. Is pouring um, a lot of money into our program, or or would would be uh, stuck with um, probably a one event, uh, cam and one event. Um, but uh, that's that's really opened the doors. And um, um, Augie Olsen with uh, ASC has really been a, a valuable Argentinian um, uh, connection for us, and um, setting up our. Uh, our tours um but um obviously you know we 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 have coming out of the summer uh, out of the winter camp we we created death charts uh we expect a lot of those boys i've created an expanded high school american summer tour squad of 45 right now um players can be added to that i think we're weak in certain positions but we're always open to look for the, the new talent is going to emerge. Um, and the other feature that is really not sponsored by um, by um, Aircraft Charter Solutions, but is very much part of the high school American programs, is Stars and Stripes game that kicked off right. last year. That, that will repeat itself this year, and that will be um, an inner school, you know, inner squad games between the Stars and the Stripes in University of Northern Colorado. Um, around July 10th to 12th, and we will uh, select players for that in addition to the tour. So we're going to take our best on tour, and then, then we're going to make that Stars and Stripes game a feature for, especially for seniors, and especially for the the seniors that maybe aren't quite there yet. Um, but but that event last year brought some boys onto the scene that made the U-20s this year, like Eric Thompson, uh, currently at UCLA, and James Gannon, those 
those players were spotted late. Um, they um, and they um, they represented well for the U20s this past year. So, and and that's a function of the way the game is in America still. That a senior in high school can be a very can be very young in in rugby terms. He might, you know, yes. he might he might have even just picked up the game. He might have been playing football this whole time and then just finished up saying, now that my football coach isn't going to yell at me, I'll play rugby, um, and and get pulled up. But he's not he's not experienced enough to be able to handle playing against Argentina U18s. But he can go out and be scouted and seen and get into a good college program. All those things that need to be done. Oh yeah, yes, and and you know, I mean, players players uh, jump onto uh, um, a pathway at, at various stages in their development. As, as you just pointed out, it, it might be a young player that has really dreams of playing college football, but then has suddenly decided, well, maybe maybe it, it didn't materialize, or um, you know, maybe you know that dream is sort of gone, and okay, I'm I'm going to give rugby a go. And there's numerous examples of that, and and we, we've lost some guys and, and into uh, uh, college um, sports programs, um, and that's great. Um, um, I mean, TT might have been picked up by a college football program, but he was he was sort of a short lineman type mm-hmm. fullback um, that fit the dimensions that really Division One football like. So. Um, so that that's why he ended up really going rugby. Good. Uh, and 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 rugby does seem to every now and then fill a role of helping a player develop, but not necessarily in rugby. Uh, yes. Quite possibly in 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 football. Um, at the same time, you know, f- football can help going the other way around. So I guess, you know, we can't. Complain. Well, it's um, you know, I mean, we we have Jelani Tavai out of Southern California that that came on and, and did really well at Rossum Park. He didn't play in Vegas because he had exams in January. Um, he's going to play football at University of Hawaii. And um, um, the University of Hawaii head coach is uh, is supportive of Jelani playing um, rugby up in and he's, uh, he's uh, you know, in contention for the uh, summer tour at Argentina also. So Good. it's uh you know, and then then some other players are gonna are, are gonna you know, you know protect their bodies and decide not to play. Uh, I say a Tongalava, who was an under seventeen, is going to Cal for football. Um, so, but he came out for Eagle Impact uh, during the the fall, and I asked him. I said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "He says I love rugby." So, um, you're gonna find, uh, particularly with Polynesian players, that they really enjoy the game so much. It's sort of it's such a part of their family, such a part of their culture that they have no problem combining rugby with with football as much as possible until until their football coaches lay down the law and say that you know uh, we don't want you to play. Are we getting more football coaches who say it's okay? Seems like we are. I, th- I think we are. I, I I think that certainly at high school level, um, I mean, you, there's numerous examples where. Um, and you take Harriman High School, for example, where you know, head coach of football, head coach of rugby. Right. You know, so you know, it, there's there's more acceptability in some states, but then there's some 
you know, traditional Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, and then just as examples, it can happen anywhere where, where um, you know, football will will be king, and, and nobody's arguing with that. Um, uh, but where the football coaches maybe for want to really just uh, monopolize the time of their of their players, and and then this generation of young players. Um, we just had one young under 17 that's thinking he may not play football next year. And he asked me for my advice. Well, I mean, I've had sons that played high school football. I mean, Brett was high school football, high school lacrosse, um, in addition to rugby. And, and, um, I, I think playing multiple sports is good. I think football in high school offers a lot of discipline, a lot of competitiveness. It's a very intense training environment. I think it's good for kids. Do I like it 11 months or 12 months of the year? No. I, I, I've never felt like any single high school sport should dominate a kid's life. Um, but Why then that's I, just I, my Aren't approach. we seeing a lot more of that? I mean, we're seeing more of that, the kids specializing in uh, in a sport um, you know, at, at like 10 yeah. rather yeah. than playing at, it yeah. just, I mean, I, I look at, I mean, you and I probably have similar backgrounds in the types of sports I mean, you were, you were, uh, you know, a rugby player and a runner, but you know, you yeah. end up playing all kinds of stuff. And if somebody asked me, you know, how many sports I represented my school in, it's like, well, I play, I, I did swimming and water polo and uh rugby and i wasn't a good enough cricket player but i did play a little cricket and i played baseball and yeah. i played football and i played soccer and i did all those things and i and i and i skied so and all yeah. of those things help you in general in becoming a better athlete or better you know just better at a lot of things totally agree alex um you know that that you know I mean I've coached a lot of a lot of soccer and and the early specialization in soccer and baseball in particular, you know starts really young. Swimming, of course, gymnastics, and and it can be all embracing. And um, Alex Michaelby and I were talking about this. I mean, we're you know for example, if I could um, if I could get every number nine, ten. Um, 11, 14, and 15 in particularly, and 13, and why not 12, to go and play a couple of seasons of soccer just to increase their ability to kick a ball. I love it because we're yeah. just not, we're not, you know, that's one fundamental skill that we were found wanting. And, and um, you know, no, no, no put down on on the quality of our wings and our fullbacks because we've we've with some really impressive athletes who can run, but uh, we're really lacking in our ability to kick a ball. And and um, I was just uh, looking at uh, say just looking at, at international rugby and looking at Super Rugby, which really originally wasn't much of a kicking game, right. um, but but kicking is, is so fundamental to as a as one of the ways you're going to go forward so and when you don't have it um you're really um you're really operating with a real skill deficiency in many positions on the rugby field it's uh i i i one of the glaring things i suppose is is the kicking and and i you know i i put together a couple of little video vignettes from the U20s 
with their scrimmage up in Seattle. And and yeah. one of the, the few moments I had was a try they gave up because they uh, um, they 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 flubbed a, a clearance kick and and there it, w- it was charged down and why was it charged down because a, they just took a little bit too long to get that kick off uh, yeah. and and uh you know it's not well you know when we talk about kicking it's not just the the idea that uh well you know okay so we don't have a goal kicker we'll score tries it's it's you know you don't do it right you you could you could well give up a try semblance that most effectively it can get you out of jail so to speak when you're under pressure with no support um when everybody you know you're you're under a high ball i mean and um or you you've you know you're cornered um um let's say um typically if if um if they kick to you as a back three and you damage them with your counter kick then they're less likely to come back to you because they know you've got that skill if if a team kicks to you and you you attempt to run it back and and they bring a good chase and and you're you're caught in possession, how many times have we seen that? That oh, yeah. then 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 they understand. Okay, the back three can kick. I mean, Portugal in our under seventeen tour, Portugal's a nation of soccer players. In in talking to their coaches, they need to teach rugby in a similar way that we teach rugby. It's it's new to kids. But on, unlike our focus, which would largely be on our technical skill development, um, they they have now turned their focus into their into their game understanding component. So I said to them, so if you go into that game understanding aspect, does that mean you really have a handle on your technical game? And he says we're much better in our technical game, so we're moving beyond it. And um, it's a criticism that John O'Phillips brought to me saying that when he observed us as coaches here in the United States, he said, you, you spend so much time in your technical game that you don't have a tactical game. Yeah. And that's, well, John, it's, it's hard to have a tactical game if you're really struggling to catch and pass. And, um, and yet at the same time, so in this last winter camp, we tried to really, um, not not ignore our ta- our tactical our technical game, but at the same time trying to educate our players in, in a tactical uh, um, awareness, so that we're, you know, those critical positions, you know, that that hooker, number eight, number nine, number ten, number thirteen, number fifteen, those positions where it's critical decision making. And and for instance, um, we had part of, part of our exit strategy in Portugal um, is nothing unusual that if we, if we start inside our 22 off a line out or scrum, for example, um, we're going to, we're going to, you know, hit up one or two times and then we're going to assess whether we've actually made any go forward. If we make good go forward, we'll keep the ball in hand um, because we're on the front foot. If we're struggling to go forward or the blow down, then we're going to have to use our foot to, put ourselves down the field and we failed to do that mm-hmm. uh, largely because at nine and 10, we, we, we had, we lost the nine and we, we lost the 10 through injury. So we had to make some adjustments there, but even at our best, we weren't making that tactical decision at the right time. 
and we and won in the opening game against Portugal and also the game against France. Uh, we caught the ball off the kickoff. Uh, we're around our 22. We moved it through five phases. Uh, we weren't getting really good go forward, but we moved the field around. And on the fifth go forward, we we were penalized for holding. And um, it was three points. Whereas like that. maybe yeah. after, yeah, you know, so we're down three nothing within two minutes, three minutes. Whereas we had discussed this after game one. Are we getting enough go forward? Okay, drop into the pocket, give us a good kick, uh, bring the chase, and then let's move the game upfield. And uh, we failed to do that because we're not really that savvy. We're naive in that aspect of our game. And uh, and that's just a statement of where we are. We have good players that will get better. Um, but in that that's part of the challenge of it all, isn't it? Definitely. And so you're you're going to be playing this summer against a bunch of nations of, of soccer, you know, soccer nations, really uh, yeah. teams that know how to kick. They know how to, they know how to kick for goal. They know how to kick for space. They know how to handle it. Um, and, and it'll be very interesting to, to see, I think more long-term because now this is, will this be your third or fourth time in South America in a row? Um, it's, yeah, this will be our third, and yeah, sure. and we we could we could actually go back with um with we could have a lot of good returners going back where sure. they're not naive, they're less naive. They they should. It's not their first uh, rodeo, so to speak. You know, they're right. They're going in there. Um, I think we we're fairly deep in certain positions where um that that wide-eyed you know uh, exposure to this pace of game, this level of game isn't brand new. So I'm hoping that that's beginning to pay dividends. And at the same time, we can't go with a totally senior laden team. Otherwise the next year we're going in completely naive and unaware of what the challenge is. So we'll, we'll have to really um, look for some continuity and some succession planning in our squad. Does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. You you, you yeah. can't you can't lose everybody. And I, you know how many times have we heard a story where somebody said, well, we've we've lost uh, you know 13 starters or something like that. And that's it's not that you bench somebody, but you have to have people who are ready to come in. You have to have seen that that's coming. Um, yeah. In, in age grade rugby. So I, I think that should wrap it up. And, and Salty Thompson, um, really appreciate it. Best of luck to the high school all Americans in South America. Sounds like a very exciting uh, tour and tournament for you. And thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, don't forget to check out RuggerMatrix.com where you see RuggerMatrix America shows. And you'll also be checking out the RuggerMatrix International show. This is Alex Goff for RuggerMatrix America saying thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.